You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shekhar Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Retail Perch. I know it's been uh, a week since we talked last time about uh, Grocery Shop and we put that out and uh, we told you we're going to have guests back on The Retail Perch and <laughs> we could be on promise, so we do. And uh, Gary, how are things out in Denver getting cold, chilly? Uh, so it is up in the mountain shaker and, and cooling off at night, but like today is going to be almost 80 degrees out here. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So that's part of what I love about this area, right? It's nice and warm during the day, cools off at night, uh, you know, sleep nicely. Uh, But there's snow out in the mountains. Um, We were just out there a couple of weeks ago and the tops of the high peaks are getting covered. Well, as while these couple of weeks have passed, obviously the world hasn't stayed quiet. I just learned this morning that Liz Truss has resigned. Uh, She probably had an exciting phase as prime minister. We've heard about... The Albertson Kroger news, uh, that's been exciting. Hurricane Ian's come and gone. So lots of things have happened, Gary. And it seems yes. like if we don't do the retail perch regularly, the world can't hold itself together. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, so here we are back and we have an exciting guest, somebody that we've known, both Gary and I have known for a long time. And we've been trying very hard to schedule uh, him to come on the retail perch. And he finally managed to corner him and get him on. So I'm not going to waste any time trying to introduce Todd, because if I had to introduce him, we'd take the rest of the show up. Let Todd Michard introduce himself. He's currently the CEO of uh, Huloop, and he's held many senior positions, including leading uh, many startups and retail tech space. So welcome, Todd, to the retail perch. Thank you, Shikhar. I guess you're saying that I have a hard time keeping a job. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you know, uh, some a, of it, a varied career, a varied career. You know, sometimes it's uh, you know beyond my control. Where uh, you know companies have been acquired and consolidated, and other times, of course, uh, I've pursued exciting uh, new things. But as you said, I have uh, you know had uh, the privilege of working with uh, retailers for the better part of three decades with some really phenomenal uh, you know companies ranging from IBM. Retalics. I led Revionics. I led Demand Tech. I, I was a senior person at Symphony Retail. And now, as you said, uh, you know, maybe amongst other things, I'm the uh, CEO of Huloop Automation, the next big thing in uh, retail. Just uh, you know, want to uh, you know tease uh, you know your, your your audience. The most exciting thing happening in retail these days. Terrific. Terrific. So so tell us what does what does Huloop do? Huloop is a next-generation, AI-powered, no-code, intelligent automation solution. And I realize that that may come across as a lot of you know, words. Um, I'll, I'll make it uh, you know, much more simple to understand. We work with retailers and brands uh, to provide them with digital assistants and digital workers uh, to help them augment uh, what their people do. And so today, you know, we talk about the crazy economy, inflation, the supply chain pressures, uh, the cost of labor, uh, all of these headwinds that retailers and brands are are, are facing today. And uh, they're looking for new ways to drive profitable revenue growth, to save money and um, uh, drive productivity. So essentially, our digital workers uh, you know, augment the human capital 
within our enterprises and we automate um, mundane, tedious, repetitive uh, things uh, that we want to take off the plates of our people. And this sort of benefits the entire organization, uh, ranging from uh, merchandising, uh, you know, it's probably one of the biggest areas, shopper marketing, your store operations, uh, lots of opportunity in supply chain. And also, of course, in the back office at, at the retail headquarters, um, uh, there's no shortage of things that we do today that can be automated. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, from what I'm seeing across the industry, I, I think that is becoming a very hot space, right? You know, as I've talked about, written about, I, I think automation and, you know, specifically what you're doing, Todd, uh, you know, hyper automation using software and all these new tools is potentially one of the most transformative technologies or areas coming into retail right now. Yeah, you know, Gary, I'll tell you something that I've sort of observed. And so there are certain industry sectors uh, that got into intelligent automation sooner. And generally, the bigger the enterprise was, the more likely that uh, you know, they would have experimented with robotic process automation or intelligent document uh, processing. Part of the reason why we exist is, uh, you know, we see that retailers and brands are um, being left behind. Now, they haven't been as proactive as other uh, businesses in adopting this very essential uh, technology. But I guess what I would say is that there's probably no industry sector more in need of uh, you know, this type of help. And so Hulu uh, Automation, my company, is essentially focused on helping retailers and brands figure this out. Perhaps uh, some will play catch up. Those that uh, are already involved can accelerate uh, their adoption of you know, these amazing capabilities. Yeah, no, it's, it's wild. I've, I've got a great quote from uh, Gartner I use in my presentations. And, and they say by 2024, uh, organizations are going to lower their operational costs by 30% using right. hyper-automation tech. I mean, in this industry, as we all know, that's massive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, how uh, how else would you accomplish it? Uh, you know, um, a CEO comes to the executive team and says, find me 30%. A lot of these enterprises are already, um, uh, you know, struggling with their existing staffing level, and we've got to figure out ways where we can grow uh, without adding people quite so, you know, commensurately. And so it's a big problem, big challenge, uh, but that's why it's a huge opportunity uh, to build a great business. Yeah, I remember, Gary, I think this was maybe last year in one of the episodes on the retail perch, we were talking about some of the opportunities that the pandemic and the labor shortage is going to create, which is it's going to force people thinking of, to think about automation, how they can use technology to uh, augment their yeah. needs, uh, yeah. right? Whether it's uh, well, on the... Yeah, yeah I and mean, as, as Todd just called out, retailers are struggling to get enough people working, right, across the organization. Every CIO I speak with, no matter a small retailer, big retailer, you know, doesn't have enough developers. They're losing developers to, you know, big tech. So they're all uh, really being challenged here. But the other side of automation that I think a lot of companies miss and certainly retailers are missing is, you know, on one side, you've got significant cost savings, resource savings available. But on the other side are with the right systems, you got more effective decisions 
that are being made faster, right? So, you know, I'll look at what a bird's eye does, right? Around right. marketing automation and, and really sophisticated personalization. So not only, you know, less people to do all this, but you've got better, faster decisions being made that result in, in this case, you know, in, in sales lift and improved retention and other things. Yeah, right. that's exactly right. Uh, you know, I guess the, there's one other phenomena that is occurring out in other industries that will affect retailers and brands as well. And that is any CIO, CTO that you speak to uh, has got uh, you know too many things to do, not enough resources to do it, not enough budget. There's not the appetite uh, to do rip and replace on enterprise level systems, whether we're talking about uh, core merchandising systems or uh, enterprise technology. Uh, it's just not the priority these days. And so we need to recognize that those systems are going to remain in place as retailers look for more tactical or targeted opportunities that can be deployed quickly and deliver a faster uh, ROI. Now, how do you work in that environment with, again, that challenge that, uh, you know, the CEO raised, go find me 30%. And, you know, ultimately, if you look hard, what uh, we've come to learn is that these existing systems that are in place today, you know, some of them legacy, some of them modern, some of them on-premise, some of them in the cloud, they probably only automate about 30% of the actual tasks. The 70% that are unautomated sort of fall between systems. Maybe mm -hmm. they are in email, text messages, uh, you know, maybe they're um, in Excels that are bouncing around our, um, uh, you know, organization. And so if you're the CIO or CTO and you're trying to figure out how to deal with these things, you've only got one choice and you've got to figure out ways uh, to uh, provide citizen enablement. Uh, you know, that's a term that I'd like to uh, share with people. And that just basically means how can we get our non-technical business people uh, uh, the types of tools and capabilities that, uh, you know, they can empower themselves and solve some of these uh, problems for themselves. So when I describe this no-code environment, this is a phenomenon that's happening, you know, across lots of different technology providers. Uh, and the idea is, in the past, I needed to change to satisfy a business requirement. I'd go to IT, they'd go to the vendor, the vendor would, uh, you know, go and put a very expensive SOW in place to modify the system. It would take too long, cost too much, and by the time the change was deployed uh, in the environment, maybe it didn't uh, yield the results. So today, with intelligent automation, maybe business analysts supporting merchandising or shopper marketing uh, will be empowered uh, you know, to create capabilities themselves quickly without the need for a technical resource uh, in an IT-sanctioned, secure fashion and, and render capabilities. And the net effect is uh, we get the automation that we're looking for. Maybe they're bots that uh, get created or uh, other capabilities, but fundamentally at the end of the day, something has come off uh, IT's to-do list, which is a, a good outcome. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's all fascinating uh, in terms of whether retailers can get their head around the gaps that they have in their own processes and where some of this fits in. And obviously there's some education that's required for them to even understand that I need this, right? Uh, you know, they, I'm guessing you have on, on Hulu's uh, website, plenty of resources to help these businesses to understand the needs. You know, Shaker, I'm glad you asked that because you're right. Sometimes these things are hidden. Um, and so we uh, just came out with a new uh, piece of innovation that we're kind of proud of that I think kind of answers the question. And so as I've talked to 
CEOs, CTOs, and uh, others, and they say, well, gosh, Todd, the intelligent automation sounds interesting, but I don't know where to target it or what to do. So uh, what we uh, have announced is uh, what we call data-driven process and task mining. And um, what this does is we deploy a little piece of technology on all of the desktops, and it essentially captures information on what our users are doing, what applications are they using, how much time do they spend in the applications, how much time do they spend, by the way, maybe uh, uh, you know, uh, on non-company business on their desktops doing maybe private things that um, uh, we won't track. But at the end of the day, what this will do is identify what are the current processes today, the real processes, and what are the opportunities for automation, uh, productivity increases, uh, you know, a variety of different things. Now, one simple second, well, I guess I'll give you two benefits of, of, of this technology that are sort of unforeseen. One is <laughs> so many retailers have licensed software that is underutilized or not utilized. And so being able to say, well, I've subscribed to these software products. I don't need to pay for them anymore because people aren't using them. Uh, that's a, a very simple savings. The second thing is with all of this post-COVID work from home, hybrid work from the office, imagine finally having data-driven intelligence that helps you to understand, well, maybe people really are more productive working from home, or maybe they aren't, uh, or maybe just certain job functions are. So this is how we're essentially helping um, retailers to create an automation pipeline that uh, you know, they can tackle based upon the ROI for their business. And so quite you know, simple, efficient way to um, you know, figure out the answer to the question. Cool, cool, very cool. So if you don't mind me shifting subjects sure. here, I'll talk about a little bit more about your history and uh, where, you, where you've spent a lot of your time. And obviously this is a topic that uh, we discuss a lot. So uh, just a couple of news items, obviously, that have come out. So you know, this whole Albertson-Kroger merger, what does it do to shifting people's mindsets about technologies? And what, what do you think is going through an independent's mind when they think about the Albertson-Kroger proposed merger? Well, first, it's going uh, you know, to create you know, lots of opportunity. And so it's easy uh, you know, to think about you know, competing with this behemoth uh, you know, now, but uh, Kroger and Albertsons were already large enterprises, and now they're uh, only going to be larger. And of course, if you're an independent or a regional player, you can out-innovate, out-hustle, out-think, out-compete a large um, enterprise that perhaps can't move as fast. Because the merger has some overlap, obviously, a number of stores uh, will become available. So it could become a growth opportunity for regionals uh, that are in markets, uh, you know, where uh, you know these stores will be sold off. That could be an exciting opportunity because generally, uh, both uh, enterprises have got beautiful store sites, um, uh, you know, and they've uh, uh, obviously if they have overlap, uh, that'll represent a great growth opportunity. From a technology perspective, look, um, I think at the end of the day, both Albertsons and Kroger's are quite innovative companies. Uh, they lead. Both organizations, you could um, uh, inarguably say they, they, they've invested capital, uh, they've innovated in the market, and oftentimes uh, regional or independents haven't been so quick. And I, I would just encourage everybody, use this as an opportunity to sort of wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, you know, we can't keep on doing things the same old way that we've always done them. Uh, you know, we need to, um, uh, you know, perhaps jump ahead of the innovation curve. And uh, it's okay to be first uh, at something. Uh, even if uh, you fail and try something else, that's the whole you know idea around innovation. And so I, I hope uh, that uh, you know if you go back uh, you know to the Amazon acquisition of Whole Foods uh, just a couple of years ago, 
this sort of created a similar phenomena where um, everybody sort of got a little bit of religion. I think that this will uh, do the same thing. And I also think that this is, um, uh, you know, the start of uh, a lot of consolidation. Um, I think regionals are going to uh, you know, um, integrate with other regionals. There's a real focus on scale uh, and consolidation at this point to drive out costs and do other things. So I think uh, it's going to be a changed uh, landscape over the uh, years ahead. I don't know. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Gary. So I think I, I agree with much of what you just said, Todd. I, I think it is absolutely going to sort of reshuffle the industry here, you know, because if that combination is successful, you know, what we're going to have is a Walmart and a Kroger doing over $200 billion a year, right? And then the next biggest player is, I think it was uh, Publix or Owl Delhi is around 48 or $50 billion. I mean, there's a heck of a spread there. And then obviously, you know, all the smaller players beneath that. So there's going to be a real uh, chasm that opens up here. And I think, as you were speaking to, I think one of the areas we're going to see that really impact is around innovation, you know, and, and completely agree. You know, just like Amazon buying Whole Foods five years ago triggered, you know, it was a wake-up call to traditional retailers, right? This should be another wake-up call to them to accelerate even more their focus on innovation and change. The scary part is if they don't get that call or hear the alarm, right. because these big guys, and, and even though Amazon doesn't have the revenue in grocery of you know Walmart, Kroger, I think the three of those companies obviously have massive resources and are focused on reinventing grocery retail. You know, one right. thing that's kind of an interesting phenomenon when you consolidate, uh, you know, two large enterprises, um, it affects people uh, that uh, maybe we're building something within one or the other. And there's going to be an amazing amount of extraordinary talent, you know, available on the market, uh, you know, to help regional players, um, uh, mom and pops rethink how, uh, uh, you know, they um, apply innovation. And, and so that's kind of a side benefit, I guess, is that yeah. um, you know, some brilliant person that maybe worked for one or the other becomes available to help, you know, a regional player or a mom and pop, uh, uh, you know, uh, think differently. Yeah, yeah. And I think kind of, I wasn't there for it, but I'm sure something like this happened with Dunhumby too, right? Because I see the Dunhumby players all over the place, right? In, in different companies. And you're absolutely right. I think the other thing that I feel may happen is it may uh, force companies to think about how they even budget. Am I, because I think traditionally we've seen a lot of knee-jerk reactions in terms of how they spend, uh, yeah. or some people go over the top and buy every shiny object. I think they're going to step back and say, how can we strategically approach this? Because this is now, you know, a, a real threat slash opportunity. And if I don't watch myself, you know, I stand to be completely taken over, right? Either by the, right. the combination or another independent who's just much more agile and nimble in terms of. Uh... So I think if you're you in the technology know, so sector, I'll tell you this: it's a it, it, um, you're you're going to smile at me. It's actually a really great time to be the CEO of uh, Birdseye, and uh, the reason why is because, of course, uh, both um, uh, you know Kroger and Albertsons were really amazing companies at um, shopper custody, shopper marketing. Uh, Etc. And you're bringing together two, uh, you know, powerhouses that had amazing loyalty programs and were quite, uh, you know, uh, excellent at personalization. 
And so if you're a regional, you know, with or without a loyalty program, look, we know that shoppers want to be engaged um, in a personalized way. And so, you know, you need technology fit for purpose, uh, you know, fit for scale, you know, that can essentially bring you know, to your shoppers the same capabilities that they would otherwise get, uh, you know, from um, Albertsons or Kroger. And I just uh, honestly think that, uh, you know, regional um, and independent uh, retailers have the ability to out-personalize the big guys for sure. So, you know, you're going to be presiding over this huge company someday. Maybe you'll be as big as Albertsons and, um, uh, uh, you know, Kroger uh, combined. Uh, you know, who who thought that? Bird's eye. Um, uh, you know, this billion dollar company. <laughs> you talking about us? Okay. All right. So let's get back to the retail first. That's exciting. But I, I, th I think, and you know, in a high level, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of yeah. exciting opportunities now because, you know, I, I think uh, what I've seen traditionally happen in the retail industry is when there is a uh, basically, uh, you know, a quake of the sort, there is a shift in focus and the shift is very decided and this, it creates a trend and it creates a whole bunch of new companies that can now grow. Right. You know, we've seen, seen that with Amazon buying Whole Foods. I know that was kind of like the beginning of the e-commerce explosion. Yeah. Where it was suddenly everybody realized, oh my God, I need to be able to sell my products online because uh, otherwise everybody's going to go to Amazon. So I think it's 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 terrific for the industry. It drives innovation. I mean, I know a lot of people may not agree with that fact that it's terrific for the industry, but you know, <laughs> uh, I think you have to admit that change is good sometimes, that it makes you rethink. And you know, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, you know board meetings that are happening trying to figure out what's going to happen. You know, so. yeah. So so I agree. I think it can be good for the industry. If, you know, retailers, regional retailers, smaller retailers, you know, take away the right messages from this. But, uh, you know, Shakers, you were calling out a couple of minutes ago, you, you know, you look to even the recent past, we see a lot of retailers just chasing the next shiny object or, gee, I'm reading about this technology and all the, you know, newsletters uh, lately, we got to have this. Mm -hmm. what, what I see and what I give Walmart and Kroger immense credit for is they approach innovation with a very structured process, right? Now, obviously, they've got the resources to do this, but they take a very strategic, very methodical approach to innovation. And I just see that missing across even these bigger regional guys that have the resources that they don't always look at it or think of it that way. And I, I think that, you know, any size retailer has got to think more strategically and they have got to develop some type of process, you know, that, that helps them discover, learn about, test and deploy new technology, new capabilities and do it ever faster. Yeah. And I think the other thing I see happening here, Gary and Todd, is, um, a, a consolidation or roll-up, even on the tech solution provider side, right? Because there's lots of niche players who provide uh, solutions. But I think as these kinds of mergers uh, happen, there is a need to have a single vendor that I can get more from, which is bigger, more stable, provide more services, right. as opposed to, uh, because, you know, if you think about it, Kroger Albertson now have most of these stuff internally. And there's one organization they're depending on. And, and I think as these retail regionals get more sophisticated, they're not going to want to deal with 20 different vendors for their technology needs. They're going to need to think about, 
hey, I want two or three players that are my strategic partners in, in making this happen. So I think this it's exciting times, if you ask me, you know. It's a little scary, but, you know, I think scary is when you get the good stuff. I, mean, I think traditionally in this country, we've seen when there's uh, recessions or projected economic downturns, that when, that's when the most innovation actually happens. Yeah, you're right? spot on. You're spot on. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's another area, too, that I'm watching that I think we're going to see accelerate through this Kroger play is in the whole uh, food and healthcare convergence space, right? I mean, we, we've seen uh, Walmart and Kroger be more and more active and aggressive in that space, you know, not only bringing out increasing uh, food guidance to shoppers, helping them filter through all 50,000 products in the store, recipes, et cetera. You know, we're seeing both Walmart and Kroger bringing clinics into the store, I, I think we're going to see that whole space accelerate even further, given this acquisition, right? Where they have more resources, more physical stores in more areas of the country now, uh, you know, aggressively working to connect back into healthcare, health insurance companies, payers, et cetera. I, I agree with you. And, you know, and, and that should be, uh, you know, an indication to regionals and mom and pops, uh, you know, to focus on that trend now. Um, it, it is true that it's almost been church and state between, uh, you know, wellness and retail. No longer, uh, uh, you know, uh, shoppers are, uh, uh, you know, expecting their retailers to help them live healthier, live better. Um, and they're looking, uh, you know, for the data that have been collected on both sides to be harmonized uh, uh, to provide better guidance to them and their families. Yeah. So I'm going to make a, a crazy prediction here, Gary, which, uh, you know, we can place bets on, but I think in the next twelve months, I think somebody's going to acquire Instacart, and I and I and my bet is on Amazon, uh, because I think when I think about fulfillment, when I think about e-commerce, and I think about how these retailers realize e-commerce is here to stay, and they're struggling to figure out how to make it profitable, you need somebody with the massive fulfillment and logistics capabilities to be able to take that weight off of the retailer's shoulders, and I think I think it's going to happen. You know, somebody's going to acquire it. And I think clearly this has not been the season for the IPOs. So, you know, I, I think an IPO at the current climate is out of the question. So I think the next target is figure out how to, uh, you know, and I think this this whole Albertson-Kroger merger, if it happens, will actually accelerate the need to think about how do I make e-commerce profitable? Because that's yeah. a huge challenge for retailers today. Yeah, well, Instacart just lowered their valuation again. I saw what, in the last couple of days, right? Down to 13 billion, I think now. Yeah. Uh, far cry from 39 billion. They were what, just a year, year and a half ago. Wasn't that the number that uh, Amazon bought Whole Foods for? That, it was 17 billion. It was 17, okay. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, to your point, 13 billion, obviously it's 13 billion, but it puts it well within range of a number of different players now to think about. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, Shaker, the kind maybe, of number. Yeah, maybe ahead, you've, uh, you've, you've stoked a bidding war over Instacart just with your uh, uh, pontification. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, maybe you should get a thank you card, uh, uh, you know, from uh, the CEO of Instacart uh, uh, for the competitive process that you just launched uh, publicly. 
There you go. But you know, think about it. Even the announcement by Amazon of this will probably raise their stock by more than 13 billion. That'll that'll bankroll acquisition. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when Amazon bought Whole Foods, Amazon stock went up enough in that one day to pay for that acquisition. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know, I, I see retailers struggling with this uh, e-commerce. You know, they know it's here to stay. They can't figure out how to make it profitable. It's because they're just not, they're not a logistics and fulfillment company. They're about servicing customers in store and, uh, you know, providing great experience. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a new world for them. Well, one thing for sure that the Albertsons Kroger uh, deal uh, sets in motion, whether it's with Instacart or other things, there's going to be a lot of deals happening, uh, deals yeah. happening in retail, uh, deals happening, uh, uh, you know, with uh, tech providers. I thought your point uh, was spot on. Uh, the market's littered with, uh, you know, too many underfunded tech companies at this point, and uh, it's natural, uh, you know, especially uh, you know going into, uh, you know, uh, economic headwinds for there to be some, uh, you know, consolidation in the space. That's going to happen, and so it's going to be an exciting time, uh, you know. And uh, why wouldn't we want it to be exciting? Uh, you know, life would be boring. Uh, without uh, you know some of these things coming up and from time to time surprising us. Yep, right, that's right. Right. Well, Gary, Todd, I know it's been a terrific conversation. We're coming up on the thirty-five minutes. My God, time flies, Todd. So, well, you know, I, I spent most of it just introducing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that for the listeners to decide. So, uh, no, no, it's it's always it's always exciting to talk to you guys. I mean, you guys have spent your lives in retail, either in the grocery stores, talking to grocers or building technology that serves them. So, you know, I think for the listeners, this is a feast, absolute feast to be able to listen to both Gary and Todd. And uh, but thank you so much for being a guest on the retail. Thanks, I know this will not be the last time we're going to probably invite you back. There's lots of exciting things happening, I know, in your world and in our world. And uh, if you were to give us your mailing address, we will actually send across the Retail Perch coffee mug. And you can add it to the list of coffee mugs that I see in your background. Oh, I like that. I, I, I like that a lot. I bet you but, that the coffee is going to taste oh so much better. Without <laughs> question. That's our promise to our guests that, you know, there's no coffee better than coffee in a Retail Perch mug. I'm hoping it's a clean mug uh, and that there's not lipstick on the rim. <laughs> I can't promise you anything. <laughs> 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 <You're the monk. laughs> uh, but but Todd, again, th thank you for taking thank the time and being on on the retail perch. Uh, Gary, any closing thoughts here? No, Todd. Thanks for being with us today. Great conversation. I enjoyed it. You guys yeah. take care. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, guys. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off.